We have to remember the Word of God is true, and, it, the, and the Bible is true cover to cover. You just don't pick out portions of the Scripture uh, and believe that and then discard the others that you disagree with. You have to accept it all and live it. Reverend Franklin Graham is the president and CEO of Samaritan's Purse, an international Christian relief and evangelism organization, and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, which proclaims the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. Franklin, thank you so much for joining me on Takeaways. Great to have you here. Well, thank you, Kirk. Been looking forward to it. Uh, as you go to other continents, you go to other nations, what is giving you hope? as you travel and, and meeting needs around the world? What, what gives you hope for Christianity? Well, uh, Kirk, as far as uh, hope is Jesus Christ, that's the only hope that we have. Uh, your politicians are not going to save this world. Um, uh, there's not a government out there that's gonna save this world. It's only Jesus Christ. And so, Kirk, I think the opportunity that uh, we have to present the gospel uh, when Jesus took our sins to the cross, the Bible says and he teaches clear that we've all sinned, uh, every one of us is guilty, uh, but Jesus came on a rescue mission. He came to save us from sin. Uh, and so he died and shed his blood on a cross, he was buried for our sin on the third day. God raised his son to life. Uh, this is the only hope for the world is Jesus Christ. And so when I travel around the world, we always work with churches and work through the churches. And to see, especially the churches in some parts of the world like Africa are, are so strong in their faith. And then you come to like Western Europe and even parts of this country where you see the church so weak in its faith. It's encouraging uh, to see some of these other countries and how strong they are. And I always encourage them to send missionaries to America. Uh, we, we need to be uh, evangelized. Uh, we've been, because we've, we've, so many of our communities have lost uh, their faith. And uh, so I, I do have hope, Kirk, but uh, my, my hope is in Jesus. Franklin, you are an expert at assessing and meeting needs. And through your disaster relief efforts, you're meeting physical needs around the world through Samaritan's Purse. Uh, you're also meeting spiritual needs uh, through the evangelistic efforts that you uh, initiate and lead. Uh, what do you think are the greatest needs for Christianity right now, for the church? Uh, to get back to the Bible and, uh, and, and to believe the Bible. Uh, there are a lot of people who will say, oh, yes, we, 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 we read the Bible, but you've got to uh, hear the word of God and keep it. You've got to be able to put it into your heart and live it. And what we have today is uh, so many people have compromised. Uh, they've compromised on the word of God. See, God's word doesn't change, uh, Kirk. It's the same yesterday, today, uh, tomorrow, uh, forever. And, and God isn't a God that as culture changes, that God changes with the culture uh, to meet culture. No, and, and that's what's happening. And so many churches have, have gotten into and fallen away from uh, the, the authority of the scripture. We have to remember the word of God is true. And, it, the, and the Bible is true cover to cover. You just don't pick out portions of the scripture uh, and believe that and then discard the others that you disagree with. You have to accept it all and live it. And that's so important that we live our faith, Kirk, and that we uh, lift up Jesus and everything that we do. Uh, the problems that we see in this country is because the church has failed. Uh, it's failed miserably. We need to be speaking out on moral issues. We need to be uh, taking a stand 
uh, for the unborn. Uh, we need to, uh, and I appreciate the way you're uh, taking on uh, the drag queens and some of these others in the, on the public square by going in and reading your book uh, to counter some of that other stuff we see. But we, it's like every demon in hell has been, has been you know, set loose. And uh, we've got to stand firm for the word of God. For, for centuries, people have looked to the United States of America as a beacon of light and a beacon of hope and, and, and seeing that, that that hope is really rooted in a biblical Christianity. And you're here telling us that you are seeing the church in America weakening and you're seeing it strengthened in other places like Africa and in Asia, uh, South America. What are they doing that we are not doing here in America that is making them Grow well, they, in strength. They, they believe the Bible and they accept the Bible as the word of God and the inerrant word of God. And so if you take like the Anglican church in Africa, uh, there's a real division between the Anglican church in, in England and the church in Africa. Of course, the church in Africa is so much larger than the Anglican church in the UK. And of course, uh, missionaries 100 years ago, 150 years ago from England uh, started the churches at so many of the churches in Africa. But today, uh, England has fallen away. Uh, the big debate is, of course, over homosexuality. And uh, the church in Africa does not accept that. And, uh, and so there's taken a stand, and there, many of them have split with uh, the church in England. And if, 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 if England continues to go the way it's going, uh, they'll lose all of their churches in Africa. And I just appreciate the bishops in Africa taking a stand, and they're not compromising. And it's so important that we don't compromise. Uh, you, again, God's word is the same. He doesn't change. And, uh, and, that's, and that's what gives me hope, knowing that I serve a God and worship a God who doesn't change. And you can count on him tomorrow, the next day, being the same. And so we've just got to follow his word, believe it, live it, and uh, take a stand for his word. And if, if churches would do that, and go back to biblical preaching, you, they would see their, their numbers increase. The churches in this country, Kirk, that are full are, are churches where the Word of God is, is taught. And uh, people, they don't want to hear Franklin Graham. Or they don't want to hear somebody, uh, you know, or Greg Laurie or Skip Isaac. What they want to hear is God's Word. So when Greg Laurie opens up the Word of God, he's presenting God's Word and people come. They want to hear it. Uh, and it's so important that we that we preach God's word, and if we do, our churches will be full. And uh, I, so they talk about the churches dying in America, and there many of them are those that have quit preaching the word of God. They are; they're suffering. People are walking out. They don't want to. They don't want to hear that mess. But uh, if you preach the word of God, and you're doing that faithfully, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, uh, your your church is going to to increase. Well, that is that is a good word. The word of God is our is our life. It's our hope. It's, it's our future. The most important need right now is spiritual food. Our church is, is starving to death for lack of spiritual food. And no one feeds the poor better than uh, you do, uh, Franklin and Samaritan's Purse and the way that you reach out and meet people's needs like that every single day around the world. As people are leaving churches, is the remedy to focus on evangelism, uh, getting out there, maybe outside the church and preaching the, God on, uh, preaching the word of God on the streets? Or is it preaching the word of God to our children in our own home and seeing the kitchen table as the, as the field of evangelism or both? It's all of it. 
No question. You, you've, you, we've, we've got to preach the word in church. Um, parents have got to uh, present the scriptures uh, to our children. And yes, we need to, we need evangelism. Uh, we need to be out sharing the word of God with the, with the lost. No question about it. But I, just uh, Kirk, just in uh, growing up, my parents, uh, we had uh, devotions before we went to school. Now, when I say devotions, my mother or father would read a passage of scripture and lead in prayer, and then we'd go to school. The next uh, that evening, uh, we'd have a longer devotions, and they'd take a passage of scripture and read it, and then we, as a family, they'd ask us questions, and we'd answer those questions and talk about it, and then we'd get on our knees, and then all of us would pray in that circle. Uh, we we did that uh, every day, uh, mm. seven days a week, and I, I would encourage parents to pray with your children. Read the scripture to your children. Discuss it with your children. Mm. And it doesn't have to be long. So in the morning, we're all, you know, kind of rushed to go out the door to go to school. And so devotions was, you know, four or five minutes. In the evening, it was 20 minutes. But my parents never made it long, so long that we just got bored. It was short enough to where we were excited. And that's, uh, and I did that with my children growing up. Um, Jane and I, we have four children. And we'd start off with Bible reading every morning. And then we memorized scripture together. And um, there was a, a, someone came together and put together some verses called the gospel alphabet. So a verse that would uh, start with uh, the letter of the alphabet, like A, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. B, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. C, come unto me all you that labored and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. E, even so it's not the will of your father. But anyhow, it's just to give you an example. Right. Those are, you just go through the whole alphabet, but you teach that to your children. And, uh, and the parents, you'll learn too. And it just, but to teach the word of God. And uh, because if you hide God's word in your heart, uh, when, the, when your children and go, or for us, when we go through the, the storms of life, having that anchor to hang on to, and that's the word of God. How do we as the family of faith not only regain Christian influence in our culture, but actually move to leading and defining our culture by our Christian values. We're not gonna change the culture, I don't think, Kirk. Uh, but at the same time, we could be an influence in the culture and we could be an influence by, by good versus evil. Stand up for truth. Or we'll be mocked, we'll be laughed at, we'll be sneered at, but stand up for truth and be willing to stand up for the word of God. And if we'll do that, I think God will bless us and God will use us. Are we, is America gonna go back the way it was 100 years ago? No, it's not, Kirk. Uh, it's, that's just not going to happen, uh, not in my opinion. Uh, I, and I think we have lost the, the America that, that I grew up in, that you grew up in. I think uh, we've lost it. But that doesn't mean uh, God's not working. It doesn't mean that God can't use us. It doesn't mean that there's not a need for the gospel. There's more need today for the gospel than ever. And because uh, people, you know, people go into drugs, they go into sex, they go into all these things, and it's leaving them empty. And the people try the transgender route, it's empty. Uh, they're looking for satisfaction and they're not getting it. And they're looking for answers and they're not getting it. All they're getting fed is lies and people want to know truth. But the people look in the wrong places. And so for us to be able to stand up and present the truth of the Bible, uh, God's word to a sick and dying world, uh, there's a lot of hungry souls, out there, a lot of thirsty souls out there that are waiting to hear the word of God. They want to hear truth. And so I would encourage people just to stand for God's truth 
and uh, let him do the rest. And he can do so much when, when, when we do just what you said. And uh, personally, I'm praying for a third great awakening here in America. And uh, with, with, with good men like you and organizations like BGEA and Samaritan's Purse, uh, you know, I, I hope and believe that we can get there. Uh, Franklin, uh, apart from all the work that you do around the world, you're a hero at home as a, as a father and as a husband. And in fact, I heard uh, that when, when Sissy joined us, that she said that you're called, uh, you're lovingly called Grumps by your grandkids. Is that true? And, and how did that name come around? <laughs> I think my wife picked it out. Oh, okay. So, yes. <laughs> no, we've, we've got uh, 13 grandchildren, Kirk. Uh, great kids. We love them all and uh, thank God for them. What is your personal prayer for your grandkids and, um, and, and, and even their children uh, with regard to the world that they will be living in? My prayer for my grandchildren is that they'll grow up to me, men and women that will serve the Lord Jesus Christ and that they'll make him center of their life. That's, that's my, my prayer uh, for my grandchildren uh, because they're gonna be living in a much different world, Kirk, than what I was raised in. And it's gonna be so much tougher to take that stand for Christ uh, because people that take that stand for Christ will be hated. Uh, Jesus warned us, it's coming. And so for my grandchildren, I think they're gonna be uh, living in a very difficult world. And so my prayer is they'll just be faithful and that they'll stand up uh, for Christ and not be afraid. You know, if we're paying attention to the news and what's going on in our children's schools, uh, we can see that there is quite the competition for who's gonna get to teach our children. It seems to be the increasing theme that the government wants to step between parents and their kids. And we heard some politicians say things like, you know, it, it really takes a village uh, and that gets, uh, uh, you know, they double down and then say, well, you know, we've got to get past this, this private idea thing that children belong to their parents and recognize that children belong to all of us in the community. Uh, we even have the president beginning to talk about this. And this is a, a very ominous sounding rhetoric because this is uh, ultimately what happens when you see authoritarian uh, folks begin to take over uh, by co-opting co the children. Uh, how has this happened on our watch? Well, first of all, it's, uh, th this is nothing new. This is what the communists did uh, in Russia and Eastern Europe. Uh, so right. the communists trained the children, took the children. And here's the way we change this, Kirk. It's who you vote for. And I think we just have to recognize our votes are important. And I encourage people to vote uh, at uh, school boards. We need, churches need to have Christian men and women running for school boards. And we need the majority of the school boards to be Christians. And uh, so that when an atheist or a communist is on the school board, they want to have a pornographic book, or if they want to have a, uh, promote sex change for young people, uh, to have the school board say, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go along with that. And uh, we're not gonna support that. And uh, so let's have a vote. Well, there's more of us now than there's of you, so the Christians win. You've got to have the votes, Kirk. You gotta have, we gotta stack it. And so I would encourage Christians to run for school boards. I would run, uh, encourage Christians to run uh, for city council. Uh, for county commissioners, and you've got to have a thick skin because you're going to be attacked. 
If you stand up for Christ and you're in a public square, they're going to attack you. So you just got to have a thick skin and you just got to smile and, and, and let them uh, say those mean, nasty things and call you names. And, uh, and, but you got to be firm and you got to hang on to, to the word of God and trust him and realize that they hate, they actually hate Jesus Christ. And that's why they hate us because we represent him. But we need Christians at every level of government. Yes, we need them in Washington, but it doesn't mean everyone is going to be a Christian that we vote for. Uh, we just need to vote for one that will stand for moral authority. And uh, so you, sometimes you may have to choose between this one or that one, but choose the one and vote for the one, get behind and support the one who believed in what we, we stood for. What I hear you calling for is cultural engagement of the family of faith. Uh, what would you say to those who say, you know, uh, when a storm is coming, I duck out into my tornado shelter and we see such a big storm coming. I just want to keep me and my family safe. How do we keep our families strong in faith and in practice and, and, and keep from sliding into cultural disengagement? Uh, to teach your children at home the word of God. Stand up uh, for the, the word of God. Take your children to church. Don't send them to church. Take them to church. There's a big difference, Kirk. There's a lot of families that will, parents will go to church and they'll drop the kids off and then they go do something else for an hour or two. Uh, you've got to take your children to church and, that, and do that. But at the same time, get involved politically. I'm talking, I'm talking about we need a revolution. Uh, Kirk. Yeah. We, we need a revolution of Christian men and women who will take that stand who will take our, our courts back, who will take our, our city square back, who will take Washington back. But it's got to be done by Christians running for office and getting out there and voting. And uh, let's get the right men and women in Washington and then hold them accountable. And so if we vote for someone and they don't do what they say they're going to do, is we need to hold them accountable and uh, run them out of office if they don't uh, do what they say they're going to do. But that's the only hope. If, if, if we do that, maybe God will give us uh, a few more years, Kurt. We look at the news, we, we look around, we see, we see our culture, and we recognize that Christianity, which has always been the taproot that has supplied the nourishment to the tree of liberty here in America, is being replaced by secular humanism and other ungodly ideas. Uh, and some of their arguments have been effective to uh, dismantle Christians in the public square. Uh, for example, uh, some from other ideologies, uh, the LGBTQ movement, uh, drag queens, uh, for instance, will say that Christian ideas about the LGBTQ community uh, are just unliv unloving. They're, they're intolerant. They're not inclusive. They're unaccepting. Is that an accurate statement or is there a flaw in, in, in that accusation? No. I don't think there's a flaw in it uh, because uh, LGBTQ, this is sin, okay? Uh, transgenders, uh, this is sin. And uh, it's, it's a sin against God. And so it's not that, that, that I, I hate the LGBTQ people. No, it's not. But I'm going to love them enough, Kirk, to warn them. But we just, we, we can't, uh, you know, try to love them in a sense. So, okay, well, yeah, we see your point. That's kind of, yeah, you got a good idea and try to appease them. We just have to love them enough to be frank, blunt, uh, is sin. Call it what God calls it. That's what God calls it. He calls it sin. 
And uh, God is going to judge all sin one day, all sin. And so it, this, is, this is serious business. And so we need to be honest enough with the LGBTQ community to love them enough to warn them. And to speak the truth in love. And, and we, we know it's, it's going to come at a cost uh, culturally with relationships and family and friends and work. But uh, I'm so glad someone spoke the truth in love to me or I wouldn't be a Christian today. I'd still be stuck in my sin, uh, headed down that path of, of death and destruction. Franklin, I, I read a book when I was in high school called Animal Farm. And in, in that book, Animal Farm, you, you've, you've, you've got this situation where the seven commandments for all of the animals were written on the side of the barn by the pigs. But slowly the pigs who were in leadership began to change uh, ever so slightly the rules for the rest of the animals. For example, one of them was uh, no animal shall sleep in a bed. But eventually they changed it. No animal shall sleep in a bed with sheets. And many of the animals had forgotten the original rules. Uh, I find that happening in our day today, where we have those who are changing, uh, not just the Ten Commandments, but the Constitution. And, and where we know that a rule is we're not going to discriminate against race, religion, uh, or sex, that's now been changed to race, religion, and sexual orientation. How do we preserve those biblical commandments and truths, uh, not only in the Bible, but in our Constitution here in our culture and not let them be watered down uh, by those who try to destroy us. Vote and uh, vote for Christian men and women and encourage Christian men and women to run for office, Kirk. That's the only way you can do it. During the pandemic, many people got comfortable not going to church. They were able to watch a streamed service. And while that's convenient, uh, th that's had some real effects on not only the church and people's personal relationships with God and those in the church, but the entire culture here in America. Uh, what's your assessment? Is, is, is it okay for us to continue that way or do we need, need to get back into meeting in person? I think we need to be back in the pews, uh, Kirk. Now, I, I understand there are people that work, there are people that travel, that they, they may not be able to have a, a church uh, as they used to have church. Uh, I understand that. And there's some great services on, on television, online. And, but I would encourage people when you can, go to church and absolutely take your children to church. And if you're a young family, a young mother or father, you take your children to church. Parents can get back to discipling and evangelizing their own children. And maybe we can, we can get our schools and our churches back to the word of God and our government leaders, men and women of fearless faith and moral integrity. And we can see a time of refreshing in our country and we can be a shining city on a hill once again for the rest of the world. That's my hope, that's my prayer. And Franklin, I, I sure appreciate you and all the amazing work that you and your team are doing all over the world. And thank you for joining us today on Takeaways. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.